listening to the Just Go Bike Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Light from the Iowa Bicycle Coalition. And I'm TJ Jeskowitz from RAGBRAI. Now, this is the podcast where we talk about bicycling just for the fun of it. There's going to be tales from all over the nation, so come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. I'm still smiling from this last weekend. You are. We got to go. Yeah, we got to go up to Minnesota, you know, and uh, ride the trails up there and uh, had a jolly good time up there. And it was big time fun. We went up to uh, Paul's Bacon Ride, which is kind of a just a tiny little adventure that doubled in size over the year. And uh, boy... They got some nice trails up there in the Brainerd area, you know. <laughs> you got you got the perfect Minnesota going there. Yeah. 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 Well, we we've had, you know, good friends from that area. I go up there fishing occasionally and uh, our friend uh Aaron Hatala is always talking about, you know, how nice it is up there uh-huh. and um so Brooks Reynolds and the the bacon bike rides that we work with a little bit um work with the Brainerd folks to put on a, a bacon bike ride and lo and behold it had a lot, a lot of Iowa flavor to it but it also had some Minnesota flavor to it and uh saw a lot of a lot of good friends up there made some new ones and um you know when you can inject a meat raffle into a bike ride <laughs> it's a good thing no kidding no kidding that sounds like fun um yeah, I I like my meat raffles. Did you win anything at the meat raffle? Mark? I uh, I got to tell you the truth. I did not participate in the meat raffle. Um, I, oh. You know, just thinking through the logistics of what I was going to do with raw meat um, before I got it home six or seven hours later just didn't sound appealing to me. <laughs> Uh, no, it really didn't. But the, just the fun and the folklore, I think, of the meat raffle is just enough to throw a dollar in that. Well, yeah. You and, know, so uh, and, it's and, better than pull tabs, and, the way I look at it. And you know? I had a great conversation <laughs> sitting there talking with the uh, with the farmer that raised the, the, the pork that uh, uh, that came from the raffle. And that was really cool to be able to kind of have that uh, that farm connection that way. Yeah, it was fun overall. Brooks did a really good job with that one, and um, just you know, we we've had Brooks on the show quite a few times, and he, he runs Bacon Fest here, and is our partner in um, you know the Bacon Ride and a couple other events like like Pigtails. But what a neat little event and a, a nice little getaway. We saw a lot of rag ride teams there. We saw some team buses, and um, it, it had that Iowa style of riding that happened to be in Minnesota, yeah. and um, so. So uh, the bars are ready this time. They were they were stocked full of you know bush light and uh, and other <laughs> other uh, delicious treats. Um, but oh, the the food was spectacular. The conversations were spectacular, and the weather. I don't think I broke a sweat because it was about right. seventy degrees the entire way, With- and and you were under a tree canopy. So so yep, just a big big time fun event. And uh, yeah, I'd like to go back there again because that was. You know, it was a good little 45-mile jaunt, and, you know, everyone seemed to be smiling. So, um, yeah, really, really good fun time up there. So I have been struggling since RAGBRAI um, with some seat issues. Now, anybody that's done RAGBRAI will tell you that you have the ability to overshare how much your body feels during RAGBRAI. And, and uh, you know, I really kept it to myself, so this is the first time I'm sharing, but, man, I had my own, I thought it was my own darn fault because I had just put a new seat on 
and uh, really hadn't mm-hmm. broken it in. It was one of the Brooks Cambion all leather, all weather ones, not the leather kind, the other kind, mm-hmm. which I, I really like, but never done the all weather one. Um, and man, it just did not agree with me at all. And so I was, I was a little worried. I mean, 46 miles knowing that I've had some saddle issues. And I went up there to whoever the mechanic was um, in Brainerd uh, that was at the start. And I said, hey, could we just lower the seat down a degree? Just a little, just a nudge on the nose. And uh, man, this guy was intense. He is a technician like nobody's business. He gets this tool belt out with these torque wrenches. And at one point he had a hammer. <laughs> and um, so, so he had a he had a bitch and set of tools. Is that oh, my God. His dad was probably a TV repairman. <laughs> um, he uh, and, and he put a reference mark on it and lowered it a degree. And we got it all tightened back up, put back together. And I'm telling you, um, I screwed up this summer. I have suffered with this seat the whole time, and all I needed to do was lower the nose a degree, and I would have been fine. Uh, yeah, I one degree. Yeah, you know you. That's it. You, one degree. Yeah, you mentally, I'm like, you know, I'm just too fat. I I didn't train enough. I I got a new saddle. I had all the excuses pointing to this, but that's all I needed was was a one degree of adjustment, and the bike fit like a dream. Yikes. And um, uh, lesson learned. I'm, uh, I'm willing. There you go. I'm willing so to say that. Yeah, not always is it you. Sometimes it's the machine. Aha, aha, gotcha. Okay, well, good to know. Uh, um, so, new saddle for you. I got a new saddle this weekend. Oh yeah. And I'm gonna try try it out. Uh, get a, a Sally an Atomica. Oh. Um, I don't know. You know, our our friend Jay Kennedy's been repping them for for a little right, while. Right. He's always out at a lot of different bike events. So, so yeah, there there's always a um, you know a bunch of those Iowa folks you know popping in on different events. But um, yeah, I'm gonna give it a, give it a try because I, I was having saddle issues too and. Um, so, so he's like, Hey, why don't you try this one out? See what you think. And, um, so I'm going to, you know, give it, give it a whirl and see cool. what I think. And, um, but I'm pretty excited cause I've, I've just had a different style of saddle before. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I like, I like to ride in comfort. I don't know about you, Mark. I like comfort on my bike. I do. And, um, if you can have a bigger smile on your face while you're riding, <laughs> it's a good thing. So, yeah. so I'll give it a try, and I'll come back and give you a seat review if uh, if that works, and um, and you know, let me know about your your trials and tribulations of your your one degree seat there, and if it's made a difference. So yeah, yeah, good. So I'll probably be heading your way pretty soon. I think we've got, uh, you know, the start of the Iowa football season that's coming up. And that means right after that, it's got to be Jingle Cross. And that that can't be too far away. Um, how's it looking over there for Jingle Cross in Iowa City again? Well, I think they're uh, they're starting to get down to the T-minus whatever, two weeks or or whatever it is before that starts. Um yeah, things are things are pretty exciting around here. I think the 16th is the f- no no no, it's got to be the 14th. Um is the Friday race. Um so that'll be exciting. Jingle Cross is always a great time. Um it's it's really fun seeing all the all the bikes and the teams start to roll into town. Um so there's a lot of excitement going on around that. Um I'm heading off to uh Rock Island this weekend even though it's Fry Fest and it's uh, 
first home football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to see CeeLo Green tonight. And then Nathaniel Rateliff. CeeLo. Nathaniel Rateliff tomorrow night at the Rust Belt. So that ought to be cool. Um, but, yeah. Well, can't beat that. What a, you think those two hang out together ever? I don't think so. I, I just going to take a guess, but. Uh, a little different. A little different genre, I'd say, well, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see if the crowd looks yeah. any different. But, uh, yeah, I'll report back and tell you how it goes because it's a cool, awesome concert venue that we're going to. So looking forward to it. And who, who, if, if those two got in a brawl, who are you laying money on? Because they're both big guys right there. Yeah. CeeLo and Nathaniel there. They're both uh, they're, they're they're larger than small guys, you know. So, yeah. so um, yeah. But both both gifted and talented. Yeah musicians for sure yeah so look that that's gonna be some fun for you buddy i think so so uh yeah yeah and you're gonna get any biking in while you're over there we're bringing bikes so we're, we're staying right on the river fund at the Hyatt place in east moline so there's trails right there that go both north and south so um hopefully very good we'll take a spin around the old quad cities and uh you know we try to bike more on the iowa side of course but uh yeah it's great trails going back and forth um, they got the cool government bridge that's right there along the river, uh, hops and skips over Arsenal Island, um, and uh, gets right over to Davenport. So that's a lot of fun. But yeah, looking Very forward cool. to it. Very cool. Well, good. Well, I know we got an interview, aka Murph did an interview. I think it's something on e-bikes, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she talked to. It's Drew. Drew from uh, Drew from Yamaha. Uh, they're getting into the power assist bikes. So. Things are getting things are getting serious, man. Yeah. Okay. Yamaha sound, sounding good. Well, let's give a listen. Well, hello, Just Go Bike podcast listeners, aka Murph here, and today I'm with Drew Engelman from Yamaha Power Assist Bicycles. Hey, Drew. How's it going, Murph? How are you? Good, real good. So, Drew is uh, Yamaha's Power Assist Bicycle National Man—I'm uh, sorry, National Sales and Marketing Manager—and he's here to talk Power Assist bikes. And I thought this was interesting. You may not realize it, but Yamaha is recognized as a pioneering leader in e-bikes. So let's give Drew a chance to talk. Uh, Give us a little bit about your background. Well, actually, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, I was an avid cyclist then. Grew up, as we all did, right around the neighborhood uh, on BMX bikes and and, uh, um, really enjoyed that time in my life. And after college, I moved to Colorado to explore that even further. And I've been in the cycling industry since I was 14 years old, and I'm really happy to uh, uh, be here with Yamaha introducing a a, a great product to the U.S. market that uh, the company as a whole has a great heritage in. Nice. And we should probably tell listeners, too, because we were talking before we recorded, that uh, you've also done RAGBRAG a time or two. I have, yeah. In 1994 and in 1996, I was uh, uh, very thankful to uh, be there for for the ride. And um, uh, I've got, you know, strong ties with the Iowa community as well. My mom lives in Harlan, Iowa. My family, uh, some on my mom's side live in Portsmouth. And uh, all of my uh, Midwest family on my dad's side is back in Omaha. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Well, how about some history on how the e-bike or the power assist bike at Yamaha came to be? This is a pretty good story, I think. Yeah, it's really cool, actually. I I I, I got to be honest, when I started here at Yamaha a couple of years ago, I didn't really know the history of it. Um, you know, I'd always 
heard of the the Yamaha uh, Drive unit in the market through you know brands like Giant and and BH and High Bike. Uh, but uh, I didn't realize at that time when I uh, joined the company that uh, Yamaha is actually the uh, the company credited with being the world's first power assist bicycle uh, in 1993 Whoa. in Japan. And since then, uh, they've made over 2 million bicycles, uh, which uh, really surprised a lot of people that uh, Yamaha has actually been a bicycle manufacturer since 1993. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely surprised me when I was looking at your website. Yeah, it's it's a really cool thing to kind of look at when you when you do go to the yamahabicycles.com website. Uh, our 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 story or heritage kind of is, is put out of the timeline, and you can kind of see the evolution of the brand since then. And yeah, and um, listeners should go check it out because there's also great photographs of what the e-bikes or power assist bikes used to look like back in the day. <laughs> It is pretty crazy, isn't it? Some of those bikes today uh, uh, probably would still hit the market pretty well. Like even our first prototype we showed back in 1989. Uh, I got to be honest, when I look at that, it, it looks like some other bicycle brands I see today still. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, which, uh, you know, that's the great thing about bicycles is that, you know, you can leave them in the garage for a long time, go back out to the garage and hop right back on it, you know, just check the tires and making sure everything's safe. But all, all things considered, uh, you know, bikes are there when we want them. Yeah, yeah. So you um, kind of mentioned it a little bit, but when you look at Yamaha, you're saying that um, Yamaha makes the actual uh, e-bike component that goes in other brands, but then they're also making their own bikes. Is that true? Right, yeah. So J- Yamaha makes uh, bicycles for ourselves. Uh, we we the, the team that kind of designs the, uh, the drive unit is also the exact same team that designs the, the frame. Uh, and all the accessory components that go on to it, kind of the touch points, you know, the, the handlebars, the, the seat, the, the wheel selection and tires and things like that. Um, that team is largely based in Japan. Uh, our team here in the U.S. also has direct influence for uh, the, the models that here, hit here at the States. But in Japan, there are a little over 45 bicycle models that, uh, that Yamaha offers to the community there. Mm. I'm assuming they have a pretty big um, e-bike, like... Uh bike rental there? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure about the rental market there, but uh, when I have traveled to Japan, which, you know, been, you know, a handful of times now, uh, they are everywhere. Yamaha bicycles is as common as we think of Schwinn here in the United States. Oh, really? That's impressive. Wow. Yeah, it's a really great way to get around. And that's kind of where the, the evolution of the category came to be was, uh, um, you know, and back in the late 80s, they were, they were looking to uh, solve a, basically a commuting solution or or, or challenge mm-hmm. and uh um our power assist system or pass as it's known in japan uh that started as a project to really find a way to create a an environmentally friendly personal mobility device or tool you know that uh um, people could get around on more easily through heavier traffic areas like tokyo oh interesting well, um, I'm sure most listeners at this point in, you know, it's 2019, they know what an e-bike is, but can you give us mm-hmm. like your take, you know, some basics on what an e-bike is and how exactly they work? Yeah, there are kind of a few things to uh, think about when looking at e-bikes. Um, uh, first and foremost is that here in the U.S., we've adopted uh, a largely European-inspired um, classification system where we, we deem the bicycles Class 1, Class 2, and Class 3 uh, for our, our guidelines and, and advocacy and trying to get the bicycles allowed in, in uh, markets. And a Class 1 
power assist bicycle is just that it's a, a power assist system there's no throttle it's not a moped it's not a motorcycle mm-hmm. uh, it's it'll assist you while you're pedaling up to 20 miles per hour and it won't exceed 750 watts of power or uh one horsepower if you will and uh and that that's kind of the the general overarching high level uh, uh i guess kind of numbers associated with a class one mm-hmm. class two however uh, will allow you to go up to 20 miles an hour as well, but uh, that will assist you with a throttle. So you do not necessarily have to be pedaling for a Class 2 bicycle to operate. Uh, however, it will it will also tap out uh, its level of assist at uh, 20 miles per hour or 750 watts. Mm-hmm. And the final, the Class 3, uh, is a pedalec or speed pedalec or, or a pedal assist up to 28 miles per hour. Oh, wow. And those are largely dedicated towards, you know, bicycle lanes and traffic and things like that. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's an ever-growing category that, you know, as more and more people are, are using power assist bicycles for commuting, uh, you know, riding at 20 miles an hour assist is great when you're going for a casual exercise ride, but when you truly are using it as a as a vehicle replacement, uh, the 28 may have a benefit to some riders. Oh, I completely agree. So when you're talking yeah. about the level one, um, you know, if, if you're mm-hmm. going 25 miles an hour while you're pedaling that, you're using your own power at that point. Right. Anything over 20 miles an hour, I mean, 20.00001 miles per hour, uh, that's all human powered at that point. So it, it, it truly is a hybrid of, you know, the, the meat motor of your legs and the electronic motor of the drive unit. Mm-hmm. And depending upon the manufacturer of the bicycle, they'll choose to either, you know, use a hub drive, uh, the, whereas we, uh, Yamaha, we've created a, a really cool mid-drive system where it's actually mounted to where your, your pedal meets the crank. And... Uh, uh, with that, uh, it kind of lowers the center of gravity, uh, puts less wear and tear on the drivetrain, and it kind of allows you to uh, balance the bike a little more easily when mm-hmm. climbing and descending. Okay. Well, um, you know, I've e-bikes have been around for, uh, at least in my world, you know, quite a few years. I did my first e-bike test ride uh, at Innerbike in the desert, and I had a blast. Um, and, of course, you know, when you talk about it to other people, um, there's still going to be the people that say, you know, that's cheating when you get on a bike and you have an assist to keep you going. Mm-hmm. But the longer that e-bikes are out on the market, the more impressed I am with the volume of people it gets on bikes that couldn't or wouldn't um, without that assist. It's just mind-blowing to me. Um, And also to think about people who commute, like you mentioned, like the difference between, you know, getting to work um, in a car or having a little bit of assist to get to work on a bike, you know, less fuel. There's just so many changes for the good, I think, that can come from that. Absolutely. I think that's one of the cool things that uh, uh, has really helped the e-bike category grow in the U.S. market so much is people test riding the bikes to get, you know, a firsthand experience because, you know, it's very difficult to truly understand what an e-bike is and what it's not even uh, until you test ride one. And, you know, again, having had grown up in the cycling industry myself, um, you know, a lot of my friends that I ride with on a a weekly basis – you know, when, when e-bikes were really being recognized in the U.S. probably in, I don't know, five, seven years ago uh, as as a, a new to market that it was actually a, a, a responsible product, you know, being brought to retail, uh, that was that was when they started, you know, do their 
uh, messaging and pushing back and whatnot. But as soon as you hop on one, it's very difficult, very, very difficult not to have a smile on your face. Yeah, you know, it is a, so, such a good, fun ride. And, you know, you feel like a superhero, but really you're just feeling what it's like to be like a Tour de France level, you know, back of the pack cyclist. And <laughs> uh, that excitement, is, is, it's infectious. It, it makes people want to ride more. That's for sure. Yeah. And I probably shouldn't say this because I can't, um, I don't have uh, the exact um, details on who wrote this article, but I recently read an article um, that it was hard to distinguish uh, the health benefits between somebody who rides a normal bike and somebody who's on an e-bike because, you know, both people are out getting fresh air, they're burning calories. Like it was just, Mm -hmm. the article was really positive about, you know, even though you're getting an assist, you're still on mm-hmm. your bike. You're still moving. You're not on the couch. It was a great, I, if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes, but it was a great article. Yeah, we've, we've actually uh, seen a lot of those types of studies uh, come to fruition over the last couple of years. And there are several uh, medical um, surveys and, and studies that have come out um, uh you know, talking about the benefits of riding e-bikes because, you know, when you go to the gym and you get to choose your workout on the treadmill and you choose, you know, your your uh, uh, fat-burning level, mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty much where an e-bike uh, kind of as a direct comparison to a conventional bike, you know, it allows you to stay within your zones. It allows you to really control how intense you want the ride to be. And, you know, every ride can be customized to the workout that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when we look at that fat burning zone where we're trying to be healthier and trying to uh, make our lives better uh, through fitness, uh, you know, e-bikes really allow you to um, kind of dial that in and make it just for you. You don't have to, uh, um, you know, put every exertion in your body out just to, you know, stay with a pack or stay with your friends. But mm-hmm. it really is a very um, fun fitness. But also, um, I think one of the things I really like is that when I ride with a several people that are riding e-bikes at once and uh, or together, we tend to ride at the exact same pace, no matter how mm-hmm. fit, you know, any one of the group is, you know, because every person can make the ride for whatever they want it to be, but still keep that social aspect while riding together. Very true. Uh, I am a, a coordinator for a bicycle group that rides every Thursday and it's, you know, uh, sponsored by the city where I live. It's free to people. And there is a man, I think he's in his mid seventies, who uh, had a stroke. So he has very Mm. limited mobility, but he Mm. will go anywhere we go on his assist. He has like a trike and it's amazing. He'll go on gravel. He'll go up big hills. He'll, he just has a blast. He's very proud that he can still be mobile. It's, it's really fun to watch. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. That's a fantastic story. Yeah. So uh, with that said, who would you say is your biggest customer? You know, is it a certain group, a certain age group? You know, uh, we have five different models uh, for the U.S. market right now, and that's the the, the latest five to be added to the, the lineup in Japan. Uh, we've made them for the U.S. market here specifically, and um, each one of them have kind of a uh, best-case experience, if you will. You know, we have a, a road bike that's got a drop bar on it that might be best for, you know, kind of that uh, uh, conquering your commute type of uh, rider mm-hmm. where, you know, when you, at the stoplight of the stop sign, you know, you're you're looking around trying to figure out who you're going to beat off the line, that type of thing. <laughs> uh, and then we also have a, a hardtail mountain bike for for kind of a cross country trail riding, uh, uh, a fitness city bike, you know, flat bar road bike style that's great for getting to and from the store and or you know going out for a workout or riding to the gym. 
but then we also have, you know, kind of our, our urban utility bike with a rack and fender kit and, and things like that. So each one of those models has kind of their, their perfect experience, mm-hmm. but you know, that's one of the other benefits of an e-bike is that, you know, you can make it um, uh, do what you need it to. You know, we have a lot of customers that buy the mountain bike and they commute to work on that because they want a larger volume tire, a little more cushion. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, you know, e-bikes really are bringing a lot of people back to cycling that have kind of gone away for a little while. And then, you know, you get on an e-bike and you realize that, man, I tell you, cycling is fun and being out on a bike and being out in fresh air and, and getting to work uh, not sweaty is pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think I already know the answer to this, but um, what's your opinion on what, what does the future hold for e-bikes? Well, uh, if we were to look at kind of where the market has gone in other countries, you know, like Japan and in places in Europe, um, you know, e-bikes are, are well beyond uh, 50% of the overall market, mm. um, which really just speaks to how people are really seeing cycling in their, in their actual daily lives. So, you know, as a as a cycling enthusiast myself, I always try to find ways to inspire people to ride their bicycle more and or myself even, uh, you know, ride into the store versus, you know, hopping in the car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when people make the, the e-bike cheater comment to me, uh, it's usually in a retail environment. Uh, and, and my question to them is, well, how did you get to the bike shop? Right. You know, if you drove your car and you say that I'm cheating because I took my e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, it, it really is in the eyes of the, uh, uh, the beholder, I guess, of who's doing what. But, uh, uh, you know, the future for e-bikes, the development that's happening right now from the conventional bike brands that are using, you know, kind of component uh, uh, driving it's added to their bicycles, uh, you know, that that is really cool to see what um, the conventional bike brands are bringing to the e-bike community and uh, fantastic product is, is being brought to the U.S. market. And I think that more and more people – Seeing e-bikes um, really gives them opportunity to test ride one themselves. There's a lot of e-bike expos going on uh, throughout the country, and a lot of places where you can test ride one where without any, you know, kind of risk of a salesperson trying to push you to buy it at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I think the key thing for the future for us is everybody to test ride one and uh, uh, see what it could be for themselves. Oh yeah, I know when I test drove one, I was I was sold. Like this is a blast, and like you said, I was smiling the whole time. Yeah, we call it the e-bike grin. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's uh it's one of those things where you know even the strongest of of naysayers uh, that uh, get on a bike, you're like, okay, I'll give you a dollar if you can come back without any sort of smile or appreciation <laughs> on your face because it's very difficult to do. Right, and I also think anytime you are around, you know, whether it's a friend or acquaintance that has an e-bike, they will. Mm-hmm. I've never had anybody say no, you can't test drive this. Everybody wants to share that experience. At least that's my experience Absolutely. with it. So I love it. Yeah, and and you know when we were kids, that's how we did it too. I think that's one thing that I like about the e-bike categories. It, it puts everybody back in that uh, that unbridled enthusiasm feel again that we had as kids when we got on our bikes for the first time and, and went out and rode with our friends. And and uh, we know we always rode each other's bikes when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And that same type of energy and feel that's uh, that's in e-bikes again, and it's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would assume most listeners listening to this podcast are cyclists already, but mm-hmm. let's just say, you know, they have a family member that it, it feels that they can't be a bicyclist anymore. Um, what advice mm-hmm. would you give to someone who doesn't think they can ride? Well, uh, you know, a lot of 
a lot of my friends and family um, are, are also cyclists, but um, many of my family members, you know, back in the Midwest, and and uh, uh, they they've always looked at me as like, you know, why does this guy still shave his legs in his forties? This is a little <laughs> ridiculous. You know, he hasn't raced in you know fifteen years. Uh, but uh, you know, each one of them uh, are very excited about. Um, power assist bicycles because mm-hmm. it is a lot less, you know, risk. Uh, you don't you don't feel silly that you can't make it up a hill. And you know, the best thing about a bicycle is that you know once you learn, you always know. You know, there's a reason why people say, "Well, it's just like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. You never forget, right?" Uh, so, you know, I think the the best advice that I could possibly give someone is just get out there and try it and and have fun with it and, and don't make it what you uh, think it has to be, you know, yeah. just make it what you want it to be. Uh, it can be a bike that you just commute around on or have fun on, or you just go a couple miles. It, it doesn't have to be um, sport related to be on a bicycle. Well said. That's great advice. Um, well, how can people learn more about Yamaha power assist bicycles? We are trying to be as many places at once as possible right now as, <laughs> as you know, we've only been in the market for, an, actually, I think this is uh, officially one year for us now here in August of 2019 uh, that we've been in the U.S. market with our Power Assist Bicycle line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we are going to be at places where uh, you may not expect to see us. Um, uh, we're going to be at the international motorcycle shows. We're going to be at... Uh, let's see, we're going to, oh, gee, my goodness, we have so many things coming up. We've mm-hmm. got um, several demos coming up at local retailers. Um, but as far as, you know, learning more about the bikes as a, as a technology and kind of where we came from, you know, what our design philosophies are, uh, the YamahaBicycles.com uh, website is the best place to go. We also have a YouTube channel where you can see, you know, my goofy mug talking about bicycles as well on there. Uh, and also on our social media channels uh, at Yamaha Bicycles. Awesome. And I'll say it again that there's lots of good information on that website, whether it's history, photographs. It, it definitely gets you in the mood to want to try one. Absolutely. That's that's kind of the intent. Is You know, we're writing out the, the copy for the site. Is We really wanted people to know uh, what we've done that's unique to the market uh, to bring Yamaha as a, such a, a unique company uh, with such a great heritage and bring in that uh, to the U.S. market, it's 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 really exciting to see, uh, you know, people's uh, existing connection to Yamaha as a company, but then when they see uh, what we've done in e-bikes since we started in 1993, it's um, uh, it's it's neat to see how welcoming we've been or welcomed to the uh, the community as mm-hmm. we have been over the last couple of years. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Drew, for being on the podcast. It was fun to learn about Power Assist Bicycles and what Yamaha has in store for all of us. Murph, I really appreciate it. And I'm uh, looking at the countdown for RAGBRAI 2020, 323 yeah. days, 14 hours, and 34 minutes, and now 59 <laughs> seconds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> See you next time. I better start training, huh? <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, listeners, I leave you with this quote from the unwritten book of Morphology. This quote comes from Rune's Rule. If you don't care where you are, then you are not lost. Think about it. We've come to the end of another edition of the Just Go Bike Podcast. 
So happy that you can join us. And, you know, we really just love chatting about bikes and all the fun side of bikes. But, um, you know, for you to come back each and every week, we really do appreciate it. And uh, I know our sponsors also appreciate it. And who's this podcast brought to you by, Mark? I think Iowa City and it's curious surrounding communities. Make sure you get out to Jingle Cross in September, the middle of September. Um, and uh, check out three days of fun of, of cyclocross racing. But, hey, while you're here, you know, take a ride on the awesome trails in the Iowa City area. They're just fantastic. Uh, Bikes to You, uh, one of the best bike shops that you can find over in Grinnell, Iowa. Um, and uh, one of one of the great rig ride charters. So if you're looking for a place to ride with next year that's going to carry your stuff, look no further than Bikes to You. And then finally, Primal Wear, custom bike jerseys, shorts, or apparel. Primalware.com, Denver, Colorado. Heck yeah. We will see our friends shortly uh, over in Denver. I know we're going out there for, for a, a business symposium, if you will. Um, just just talking bikes, talking apparel, and all, all the good stuff. And uh, I happened to see an article um, just the other day from Bicycling Magazine um, just saying something about, I never realized just how cool Primal really is or something along that line. And I'm like... Boy, oh boy, we've known that for a long, long time. So, um, so I thought it was kind of an interesting article coming from Peter Flack, who uh, used to be the editor over at Bicycling, but I think he was just yeah. dropping a little note in there about. Uh, I guess he came came full circle and realized they make some pretty darn good stuff. But we've known that for yeah. a long time. Official provider of Ragbri for oh, a good decade now, and um, I tell you what, I. I swear by their their shorts. I don't want to ride in anything else besides Primal. So um, keep up the good work over there in, in Denver, Colorado. So, all right, Mark, anything else to leave our loyal listeners with this week? No, uh, the weather's nice. Uh, get out there and bike. It's it, it's too good to uh, miss out before the snow starts flying. And it will be here. I know it's still barely August. Oh, uh, but don't so say those words. Come on. Come on. This can't last forever. You know, you don't have to stop biking, though. Just keep that yeah. in mind. It's just better clothing. All right. That's all I got. Thanks again for listening. Let us know what you think of the show by leaving a rating and a review. They really help us out a lot and help others find the show. For more information, check out justgobike.net. The show's theme song was written, produced, and performed by Ryan Steer.